for Cigar Talk, the fastest growing cigar show in the nation. Whether you're a new cigar enthusiast or a cigar aficionado, we have something for everyone. Bringing you the best interviews, cigar reviews, and weekly giveaways. So grab yourself a cigar. It's time to light them up. Hey guys, welcome back to Cigar Talk. I'm your host, Rob Jones. I have our co-host here today, Bryant Falconer. How you doing, Bryant? Hey man, I'm doing good. Glad to be here. Hey man, we're glad you're with us. So uh, first, let's start off the show with uh, what you smoking today. Smoking a Villager 125. Nice. You know, what was really cool about, I don't know, a few weeks ago, uh, I'll tell you what, I love these guys, Villager, just out of the kindness of their heart, no expectations whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They send me some cigars and a uh, fifth of orange uh, liqueur and some dark chocolate and just to say hey man we appreciate the job you're doing and you know no expectations that was a big surprise because you know usually when people send you something they want you to do a review yeah, or whatever yeah. they didn't ask for none of that so that's a great companion i love too. yeah orange liqueur and chocolate oh dude it was actually i've never had that before and yeah. i was really shocked at how good it was yeah. but uh anyway uh, I'm smoking a Roma Craft. You guys know I'm a huge Roma. It's it's actually Roma Thursday. We're recording on Thursdays, yes. and I've declared Thursdays as Roma Thursdays. So I have to deal with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm smoking a Cro-Magnon Aquitaine. Mm. I've smoked several Roma Craft today, and I'm going to smoke more tonight. So, anyway, that's what I'm smoking. We've got a subject today that we want to talk about. Uh, you know, it's, it's a little taboo, but... What we're going to talk about is to buy or not, not to, to buy, buy online cigars. You see so, us go Shakespearean there? Yeah. So anyway, here's the thing. And number one, right off the bat, support your locals. Always. Support your brick and mortar. Yes. Uh, I'm a huge fan, huge supporter of the cigar shop that I go to. And not just the cigar shop that I go to on a regular basis, all cigar shops. If I go to a cigar shop, I don't take my own cigars. I, I think it's rude. Uh, I was talking to a friend out from Arkansas earlier, and we were talking about, hey, man, if you're going to a bar, you don't show up with a six-pack or a fifth. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You're walking into a, uh, a restaurant. You don't walk in with, like you said, uh, roasted chicken in a purse. Right. <laughs> so and it's funny because I hear some people complaining about, oh, I can't smoke my cigar in here. And it's like, dude, who's paying for these lights? Who's paying for this air conditioning? Who's paying for the furniture you sit on? You know, respect. Yes. And so, you know, and now, now the flip side to that is I don't have a problem with people buying online it's 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 a necessary evil i would say yes uh for one you get big discounts on cigars uh they don't have the overhead that your brick and mortar shop have so they can offer better cigar deals now we'll say this i've bought cigars online and i'll tell you a lot of times when you buy cigars online you better be prepared to put those cigars in a humidor for up to three to six weeks because they are not kept in a humidor ready to go like they should be. Yeah, especially during shipping. They get that, uh, they're not humid in the shipping. So you have to take care of them. Right. Well, I've noticed that when you get cigars uh, from online, there's no Bovetta pack in nope. there. They're just shrink wrapped and sent. Mm-hmm. So, but here's the flip side. And this is something that I probably a few months ago I started doing is I don't 
necessarily order from like the main guys that most people order online from. I found either some cigar shops that offer cigars online or actual cigar manufacturers. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Remember Cuba. Uh, the guys out of Florida. I've ordered lots of cigars from them. And then also a new one that I found uh, a, a few weeks after I found Remember Cuba was also out of Florida. And uh, they're called the Miami Bundles. Mm. And he also carries uh, Caffey's, I believe it's 1901 cigars, mm. which I haven't ordered any of those yet, but I really wanted to try some of Dr. Caffey's cigars. I've heard nothing but great things about them. Uh, I'm sure you remember when we did a show with Amendola. Yep. He's actually uh, partnered up with Caffey, and I hear really good things about Caffey. So I'm definitely going to order some of those as well. But... You know, there's a big taboo about if you're at the cigar shop, people's talking about ordering cigars online, they get dirty looks or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, first of all, every man for themselves. And that's correct. You know what I mean? I mean, you don't know someone's finances. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they can't afford to go buy a box of smokes at the cigar shop. I completely understand that. Uh, but... The thing about it is, if you're going to smoke at the cigar shop, you got to buy cigars just at the for shop. shop. That's yes. just respect. Respect for the shop and respect for yourself. Yeah, because you have to support those that are there for you. You look at your uh, cigar shops that are, it's a business. And you have someone that, that that's putting food on their table. Now, I understand totally what you're talking about with the taboo because, you know, you get in some of these uh, offset sites where the closest shop may be two to 300 uh, miles away. Right. So now how are you going to smoke? You have to go online. Right. That's that's definitely a huge market that I think is relying on online cigars. And another one is there's certain states that tax so heavily. Yes. I mean, I'm paying eight bucks for a really good Roma Craft. Mm -hmm. But someone in California or some other states might be paying 15 to 20 bucks for that same for cigar. Yep. So I say, hey. Just in my opinion, everybody has their own, and you're welcome to send me hate mail if you don't like what I'm saying. <laughs> but I understand when you go to the cigar shop, I'm going to spend 15 bucks, hang out mm -hmm. with my buddies, enjoy that cigar. But I also understand the guy who buys a bundle or a sampler pack or whatever online that's going to be hanging out at the family barbecue in his backyard doesn't want to go spend twenty dollars a stick especially when you have family members or friends that come over there that don't smoke right but, but they want, want to smoke. smoke with you right. yeah so i'm not handing out twenty dollar sticks to guys that don't smoke, smoke on a regular mm -hmm. basis i definitely want to have some two dollar three dollar cigars in that's my correct. humidor that i can be like hey you want a cigar and they say yeah i'm like i don't feel like i'm you know handing out twenty dollar bills there's no relationship to be lost there. right so I, I, that's a big conversation that we have in the cigar shop. So we just wanted to give our two cents on that. Uh, and if you want to know more about some of the online places that we uh, do buy cigars, definitely hit us up. Uh, I think uh, the two that I found in Florida have been really good. Their customer service is great. Their cigars are very good. And so when I want to fill the humidor for cigars that I smoke while mowing the lawn or Okay, that's a lie. I don't mow my own lawn. But no. If I did mow my own he lawn. He uses my guy that <laughs> mows my lawn. No, but like, say if I'm going to go play golf or something. Yes. You know, yes. I can smoke one of those. I don't care if I smoke it and let it go out, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, if 
I'm going to, the bottom line is if you're going to the shop, buy cigars at the shop. Uh, I, I definitely spend a lot of time at the shop, so I definitely want to support those guys. Yes. It's a, it's about respect. Uh, like you said, me in the beginning, not knowing about a shop here, it was about online or whenever I got somewhere else like Austin or Carpus Cove somewhere in Texas and I could go to a, a brick and mortar and uh, buy me a few a box or two so I could take with me and have. But then you have those situations where I'm not getting to those places. Now what am I going to do? Right. Online is as quick as possible. You know, get them, order them, de- deliver them to the door. As you say, you grab them out of there, put them in the humidor for a little while, let them get uh, humid, ready to smoke, and you go forward from there. But it is a big taboo. You know, you can't bring that conversation up inside of a brick and mortar because you're going to look at everyone is going to look at you like, OK, really? You, you, you're talking about online in here. But it's a time and a place for everything. And as you said earlier, every man for himself, uh, I have no problem with it, but I do have respect. Right. And my respect and, is when I walk in that house. Don't twist when I say every man for himself. No, no, what no, I no, really no, mean no, no. is you don't know what that, that guy's person's walking uh, situation through his is. Sh- oh, or yeah. you know, you want to walk through his shoes before you judge him for buying oh, cigars definitely. online. Most definitely. So let's shift gears here for a second and let's look at uh, a friend of mine told me to look this up and McConnell has introduced a new bill. Uh, <laughs> for the entire United States to raise the smoking age or any tobacco for that matter 21. to age 21. And I personally have a problem with this for many different reasons. One is if you can serve in the military, thank you. You should be able to That's do where I was going. You That's know what I, I mean? Going. You can, if you want to, and, and, and I'm even, if you want to drink a beer, mm-hmm. you should be able to at 18, you, you can serve. So, the other thing is, if you commit a crime at 18 or 19, you're tried, tried as, as an, an adult. adult. Yes. So how is it that you can't smoke a cigar, but you can serve the military or be considered an adult to serve time or whatever if you're arrested? That's, it, it's, it's a mixed up, mixed up mind state. Uh, I can't understand it. Me being a, a veteran, I, I was in the military. And like I said, I started smoking cigars in the military. Even though I was 21 when I got in the military, it didn't matter. You know, it, it was a mindset. You take that away from me. You take that opportunity away from me, even though I've signed a blank check to Uncle Sam to give my life. Right. So I, I completely oppose this. And, of course, this is going to be me getting on my soapbox as usual. You During this time, this is you couldn't find a better time than to join Cigar Rights of America. Yes. Go to our website, uh, www.cigartalkpodcast.com. There's a link on our friends page that will take you to Cigar Rights of America. Sign up. Man, we got to stand up and let these politicians know that we're not going to be going for this. You know, it's it's, it's not just about smoking. It's about freedom, freedom. of rights. Mm-hmm. And as an, a grown adult, which to me is at 18, I should be able to do what I want to do as long as it doesn't physically or mentally hurt someone yeah. else. And that's, that's what the law should be about, you know, ensuring the safety of the public, but not impinging upon my rights. Not taking something away from me that, you know, me smoking a cigar at 18 years old, what what issue is that? What problem could that cause? Who am I harming? Right. 
And the FDA has already, already come out and yes. said that smoking one to two cigars a day has no, no impact effect. on your lungs mm. as far as lung no cancer. Impact. So I don't understand. First of all, we need to take the premium cigar out of out the of hands, hands of the, of the FDA. FDA. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. There's no there's no comparison from cigar cigars to cigarettes yes. or dip and snuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and get that done and then uh I don't. I don't even want to see a restriction on cigarettes yep. for the age, because you're either a man or a woman, and you have the right to make a choice. It's a choice. So, it's a choice. It is your choice. So that's enough about my soapbox, there, guys. <laughs> anyway, uh, on the second half of the show, we're going to be uh, playing our interview with Smoking Brad up Smoking in Lubbock, Brad. Texas. He's at Good Karma. He took a trip to Honduras to the uh, cigar factory down there, and he's going to tell us all about his trip. So uh, when we come back from the break, we'll be uh, interviewing Brad. And uh, before then, let's talk about our cigar of the week. We're going to change it up a little bit, guys. I'm going to do one. Bryant's going to do one, but we're going to let Bryant start first. So tell us what your cigar of the week is. As I said, my cigar of the week this week is the CAO Amazon Basin. It's a great stick. Uh, It hits your palate and it it, it allows you to enjoy it the entire way through. I was sitting at the Leaf, uh, what was was the day? The day is Thursday. I think it was Monday. And there were two gentlemen came in and they were questioning about uh, new smokes. And I introduced them to the CAO uh, Amazon Basin and they both bought one. The gentleman sat down there next to me and we had a good conversation and all the, uh, the older gentleman could say was, man, this is a great stick. I said, yeah, you know, it's enjoyable all the way through. Uh, a good pool uh, from each one I, I, I've had. Uh, a great smoke, a lot of smoke, <laughs> but it's enjoyable. And actually when I was there, I was smoke, I was drinking a cup of coffee and I had, I uh, some of that uh, Warfighter Joe, and that's a great blend with it. It was the comparison. I, I haven't had any of that uh, yet. I got some left. Nice, nice. <laughs> I get you some, Thank so you, you can have Thank some. You. Of you know, it. you know, I was telling my wife earlier today, we're getting a coffee pot for the studio. Not a Keurig, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, no, you. we're actually going to get a, a real a coffee drip, pot, <laughs> a drip pot. So. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I was some, just saying something that. you sit back and enjoy your cigar with. So. I'll tell you something that I love about that cigar, and if you haven't seen it, it's a beautiful cigar yes, for one. It it's got a nice, thick, oily wrapper, wrapper on, on it. it, but it doesn't have a cigar band. Mm-mm. It actually has a rope, rope. made out of tobacco. Yes. Yeah, it's a really cool-looking cigar. It's a great smoke. I enjoy it myself from time to time, but good, definitely good choice. So the cigar that I'm going to go with is the... Uh, Camacho, Camacho, triple, triple Maduro. Have you yeah, had one of yeah. these? Yeah, we said we smoked one last week. Oh, I can't remember who yeah, I smoked what with. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, the 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 triple Maduro is my favorite Camacho. It it's a I mean a thick wrapper. It's full power, full in your face mm-hmm. profile. Strength is like full. Uh, you're going to get a lot of nicotine. You get a lot of leather, a lot of earth, a lot of spice. 
Uh, it's just a really great cigar if you're looking for a power punch. And it has the perfect name, Camacho. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good smoke. And if you haven't had one, I'm going to go ahead and throw out some recommendation. Don't smoke it on an empty stomach. No. Uh, you know, for most people, it's a late in the day. It's funny because a friend of mine was saw me smoking it in the afternoon. He's like, you're smoking a triple Maduro this early? And I was like, yeah, it's my second one. So uh, definitely a, a full body, full power smoke. Check it out. And uh, let's talk about our – did we do – we didn't do the cigar tip of the week last nope, week. Nope, we didn't. Yeah, I apologize for that guy. We ran a little short on time. But uh, let's talk about the cigar tip of the week. This week is about carrying cigars when you're traveling. Yes. Brian, go ahead and tell us what you do for traveling. I travel with a five-stick Zycar with a Belveda pack in it. Uh, like, I, I don't take long trips. So while I'm gone, I like to enjoy my smoke. Most of the times when I take a uh, trip either to Austin or somewhere else in uh, Texas, I'm usually in meetings all day long, and then we don't get out till after 5. So you're rushing to go grab you something to eat, and after I eat, I want to go back to the hotel, sit down, grab me a good cup of coffee, and smoke a nice stick. It allows me to carry those five sticks for those days, and just and they're perfect the entire trip. You know, and, and the good thing about Zycar everything they make is lifetime guaranteed lifetime and they're not sponsoring us i wish they would but i love zycar the cutters the lighters the travel cases i mean anybody who backs up their product with a lifetime guarantee much respect there yeah i just bought that uh uh he bought the shiny, shiny black, black xo x yeah yeah we seen it yeah, anyway you want it uh my my traveling's a little bit different. I mean, whether I'm traveling two days or five days, I usually pack in the neighborhood of about 15 to 15, 18 cigars. Smoke all day. Well, I don't get to smoke all day, but one, believe it or not, even if I'm sitting on the patio at the hotel, I like to have a choice, just like if mm-hmm. I'm at a cigar shop. But, and I do smoke a lot of cigars, but <laughs> anyway... I like to have a big choice, so instead of using a uh, cigar traveler with, you know, three to five, Five. eight cigars, what I do is I take an actual cigar box, and I've got a a great Partagas box. Old school. Yeah, that I I bought a box of Partagas Black, and what I love about the cigar box is it holds 20 cigars, so I can put 15 in there, throw in a couple of Boveda packs, Mm -hmm. and I've got a travel humidor, and Man, I mean, the wooden box, even if you don't buy a box of cigars like it, the Leaf, uh, a lot of shops will give you one or you yes. can sell you one for two to five bucks. So to me, it's a it's a cheap way, but even more so than cheap, it's a great way to carry a nice selection of cigars instead of limiting myself to, yeah. you know, five to eight cigars. And, you know, before I started doing that, I actually had a Zycar and I don't remember a no-name brand but I was carrying two. So, <laughs> two you know, I have, and that was a pain in the butt. So, and you know what I should do is I should put a handle on, on that your part of this box. That would be perfect. And a little latch so I could lock it. But anyway, uh, let's see. What else were we talking about before we talked to Brad? Let's uh, tell everybody where they can find us on Instagram. Yes, yes. Uh, we just posted a new picture of uh, the big smoke. Yes, sir. And uh, check that out. Leave some comments. We uh, really enjoy it when you make fun of him. And, uh, so anyway, no, our Instagram is at cigar underscore 
talk underscore podcast. And then you can go to our website at www.cigartalkpodcast.com. You can register on there. We do send out emails for information on upcoming shows. We also uh, have an email link where you can send us questions. You can recommend that we try different cigars, do reviews. And also, if you know of a really great shop that you would like us to interview and have on the show, we'd love to hear about that. Yes, travel. Uh, I, I travel all over. I find a lot of shops. But, you know, we have the ability to interview people from all over the nation. Yes, yes. Uh, so it doesn't have to be a place necessarily that I have to go to. But we can do a phone interview. So if you know of a really cool shop and you think the owner might want to do an interview, we'd love to hear Please about it. Please drop that information. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before we get into the interview with Brad, I also want to talk about down at the Leaf, we've had an ownership change. And, uh, you know, old preacher man Bill uh, has uh, tied up and he's now uh, living the life of luxury on his retirement, which we're happy to see what he's doing. But uh, Jay Patterson is our new owner of the Leaf. And just want to welcome him, man. He's doing a great job. He's got a lot of uh, not so much changes as far as the way we run the shop, but he's got changes as far as like making it more comfortable. comfortable. Yes. He's uh, showed me a bunch of things that he plans on doing furniture wise. Uh, we're going to plan on moving the shop uh, before the end of the year i believe and he showed me the layout of the new lounge it's going to be super nice uh, i think the vip lounge is going to like triple in size and so we're looking forward to that we just can't say thank you enough to jay yeah. and his partner Corey as well yes, Corey. Uh, he's a really great addition to the cigar community here locally it's about keeping that community together and that's what he's doing and uh, i love that yeah absolutely and we've talked about this before the wonderful community here in, in abilene Airplane. but it, mm-hmm. it's it's really all over because i've talked to guys uh in new york uh, arkansas florida uh, nebraska uh out in california uh, you know, some of the places I haven't been to yet, and I really want to go, there is a really awesome cigar shop in Albuquerque. Uh, I want to go over there because you know why. It's yeah. a huge Roma Craft shop. They've yes. got they've got everything <laughs> Roma Craft. Kind of like the train car, but I understand they even have a bigger selection, which I didn't even think was possible. Yeah. I visited uh, Albuquerque once and ran up out of there. Yeah, well, it's it's a busy place. <laughs> yes, it is. So I was trying to beat the snowstorm though out of there. Ah, uh, I got you. So anyway, uh, I guess while we're killing time here, let's go ahead and do the cigar talk. The cigar talk trivia, trivia question of the week. Uh, if you go back a few episodes, uh, if you could now let me qualify this. If you were one of the first people, I'm sorry, one of the first, first 30, thirty people who answered the question correctly through our website, send us an email. Uh, you'll go into a drawing, and this week we're going to continue with what we did last week. We're giving out a couple of select draw cutters. They've been gracious enough to send us those to give out to you guys, so we're going to pass those along. So anyway, if you go back a few episodes, uh, we'll talk about, if, if you remember uh, Jake the Snake Killer, uh, we had him on the show uh, in episode two. If you could tell me the name of the town he lives in. And uh, you're one of the first 30 people to send us the correct answer. We will put you in that drawing for the select draw cutters. So next week, we will have the uh, Warfighter guys on. And uh, the week after that, we're going to have Terrence Riley on the show. He's the vice president of the Aganorsa Leaf 
uh, tobacco company, and they make the great Casa Fernandez cigars, which was the cigar of the week last week. Uh, so we've got a great lineup coming up to you guys. Uh, so let's change gears here. We're looking at doing something, adding something to the show. We want to start doing pairings. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess we're going to do it as a team effort, but we're going to bring pairings with bourbon and we're going to bring pairings with coffee. So I've been doing a little research on some Texas distilleries, and I definitely want to check out one called the Iron Root Republic. Uh, They're up in uh, Denison, Texas, and they've got some really good bourbons from what I read. I actually haven't tried one yet, but uh, we'll be checking them out probably first. And then you were talking about some different coffee that you wanted to bring on the show. Yeah, I paired uh, my Amazon Basin with uh, Warfighters Joe. And that is the name of the coffee, Joe. Uh, it's a blend that Warfighter puts out, and it is an actual coffee that you would think a soldier would drink. It's uh, Is it real bold? It's bold. It oh, is bold. I love bold coffee. Yes, and I drink my coffee straight black, so you get the full flavor, the full taste. Yeah, you same get that here. pow, that, that punch that comes with it. And, with, and like I said, the pairing of it with that Amazon base, and they were both fighting for my palate the entire time. So it was a great taste and it comes in a black package and the only thing on the black package is their emblem warfighter emblem and the word joe oh nice <laughs> yeah i like that simplified simplified so on the interview coming up next this is uh, smoking brad he's the manager of good karma in lubbock texas and uh, like we were saying earlier he took a great trip to honduras and was good enough to sit down and have an interview with us and Teach us all the things that he learned while he was over there about the trip, uh, the conditions, the food, the the whole process of the tobacco factory. So I uh, hope you hang with us. We'll be right back after the break. Hey guys, thanks for hanging with us through the break. Uh, we've got a great interview coming up with Smoking Brad out of Good Karma in Lubbock. He went to Honduras and he's going to share his experience with us. He uh, told me he learned a lot and uh, he's going to teach us what he learned. And uh, so anyway, let's get to it. All right, guys, welcome back to Cigar Talk. I'm your host, Rob Jones, and today we're in Lubbock, Texas at Good Karma, where we're going to interview Smoking Brad. He uh, recently went down to Honduras, and I thought we'd get with him and find out all about his trip. So welcome to the show, Brad. Thanks for having me, Rob. Oh, man, it's our pleasure. So uh, I know you had a great trip. Oh, I sure did. Got to see things uh, that blew my mind about the way cigars are made and meet some incredible people that are involved in this industry. So, uh, did you fly out of Lubbock? I did. Flew out of Lubbock to Dallas, Dallas to Miami, and then over to Honduras. Okay. How long does that whole flight schedule take? Well, just from Lubbock to Dallas is an hour. It's more of a headache than anything. Right. And then, uh, flying about six hours total flight time, I would think. That's not bad. Nah, not too bad. All right, so you get to Honduras, you get off the plane, tell us what it's like. Well, of course, in Honduras, there are quite a few different factories, and at that time, several factories were doing tours, so I had people asking me if I was coming to see Rocky Patel, if I was coming to see Placencia or what, and then a guy uh, looked at me and said, you looking for Justo? 
And I said, yes, I am. And, nice. Uh, escorted me over to Husto and a group of people that were waiting on me. And I was one of the last two to arrive. So. Oh, okay. How many people were there on your tour? There were eight of us. Eight of you. And uh, they handed me a cigar. Nice. Which made me happy after being cooped up in an oh. airplane for a while and dealing with airport. And uh, we got in trucks and drove two and a half hours out to the farm. Nice. Yeah. What was the uh, countryside like driving the two and a half hours? Absolutely beautiful. You know, I'm out here in West Texas, uh, or in Lubbock, Texas, especially, our biggest mountains are the overpasses. Right. Uh, so there's some mountains, uh, some sheer drop-offs, some beautiful valleys, uh, trees, so you're going to the factory. It's a two and a half hour ride. When you get there, I mean, does the tour start or they like put you in your uh, bunkhouse? How's that all work? Yeah, once we got there, it was uh, mid to late afternoon, you know, around three, four o'clock by the time we got there. So basically, they gave us free time. They showed us our bunkhouse, set up a farm ranch style, this bunkhouse, and uh, we each had our own room. Oh, nice. Uh, showers, beds, you know, uh, air conditioner. Really? Which was nice. And uh, then up the hill from that was the big house where Don Julio's house is. And he and lives right there. He does. He nice. lives part-time in Miami, but really he's more 90% uh, in Honduras and okay. 10% but uh, in Miami. So anyway, we get there and they show us to the um, the patio behind the house. Okay. Lots of tables, chairs, ashtrays. They had a nice cigar bar with a selection of their cigars for us to try and taste. Cooked a home-cooked meal for us, Honduran style. Really? What would yeah. you have? Well, the first night we had a tortilla soup that they made that was amazing. Very different than our Texas tortilla soup or any kind that I'd had in Mexico, but still called a tortilla soup, and it was just absolutely wonderful. We had that with some fried plantains and some beans, of course. It was just an amazing dinner, and then homemade flan after that. Now, what is that? Flan is a traditional dessert dish that's made in all Latin countries. It's kind of a curdy kind of cheesecake. It's a little more moist than a cheesecake, I okay. guess you could say. Yeah. A little more, not liquefied, but yep. not as set. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. cool. So then you're sitting down on the patio, you're eating, You're now you're smoking, mm-hmm. drinking. Yep. And what are we drinking? Uh, the first night, I was having a little bit of Johnny Walker Gold. All right. With a good uh, uh, Aladino Maduro cigar. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I haven't had a lot of the Aladinos, but every time I've had one, they've been really, really good. Man, having seen their process, now I understand why I've never really run across that inconsistency in construction. They uh, draw test every single cigar. Really? And that's after it goes all through all of the processes that we'll talk about that just amazed me. You know, coming back from there, I'll never complain about the cost of a cigar again. I mean, it's amazing that they don't cost more. Yeah. You know what I mean? It really So then you hang out, you go to bed, you wake up the next day. Tell us about how that was. Well, they cooked us a home-style Honduran breakfast right there in the, in the big house. Eggs. Eggs, of course. They got chickens. Honduran style. Yeah, they do have chickens. So they make their own eggs? Oh, yeah. All right. Don Julio loves animals, and there's wild rabbits, wild deer, uh, chickens. He has about 2,000 guinea fowl. Really? Uh, Yeah, and uh, quail running all around the farm. Now, is quail native there, or did he bring those in? You know, I don't know the answer to that. I just know he was interested in them, so he brought them in, and it uh, ended up having many, many. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. So after breakfast, what's the tour like? I mean, y'all load up in trucks or is it walking we distance? Did. We did. We loaded up in trucks and drove out to the fields. Okay. Uh, well, 
out near the fields, and they did a really great job. They took us first to the greenhouses where they start the tobacco plants from seed. Really? Just like your mom used to do when she was planting a garden, starting the seeds in the little peat dishes that held 24 or 48 different plants. They plant seed in there, and about five or six plants will come up, and they pick the best-looking, strongest one. And then it goes into another greenhouse where they actually cut the plant once it gets up to about eight or nine inches, and that causes the root to struggle and stretch out. So they cut the top off. They cut the top off, and then they let it start growing again let that root get stronger and then they take it and put it in the ground wow that's crazy because i just thought that you know they were out in the field throwing seeds everywhere you know what i mean no it's definitely not that way there how many how many seedling plants would you say was in the greenhouse that you were at i mean well thousands they had just uh, yeah they had really already put them in the field so we only got to see what they had left for us and even there i would say there was at least a thousand plants on the one table that that we got to see that's a process really really is because once they take it from there then they go out to the field and they have a tractor of course they have plowed these fields and have rows which we're familiar with seeing rows out here in west texas but and uh, some of the farmers will be aware they have these a tractor that pulls a device that has like four seats on it where they drop these seedlings in and it actually shoom, plants oh them really the so they're doing that by hand they're doing that by hand so they they pull these they have the trays behind them, and they set the little seedlings into this thing, and it shoots down and plants them at a regular interval in the field. So wow. the fields are just beautiful. And I've, I've heard the soil is just beautiful. Yeah. Not like what we're used to out here with the red dirt. Yeah, well, you know, and it was really interesting as we drove around the farm to see the differences in the soil. Uh, you know, in some areas it was a grayer type soil. Some it was a deeper red. Some it was brown. And I asked Don Julio about it, and he said, just the way the the ground is did they teach you like what parts of the plant is used for different parts of the cigar i'll tell you what they really did and i learned more once we left the fields and went into the aging or drying rooms or barns uh, because they track every leaf of that plant that's harvested through the final process when it gets rolled so they know what field it came from they know whether it was the first priming the bottom two leaves of the plant or whether it was the corona, the top two leaves, which is where you get your lajero, it gets the most sun. It's also the youngest leaf, so you get all that great flavor from it. Really? Mm-hmm. And they track it all the way through. So the youngest leaf is at the top. Yeah, and it gets. Well, I guess all that, that makes sun. sense. Yeah, because yeah. as the plant grows, you know, it comes up above the leaves below, and it uh, springs new leaves. That That's cool, you. man. So you saw the aging room. How was that? Man, those barns were amazing. And, of course, they had a bunch of them. And the amazing part was, to me, at that point, is when you can really tell the difference. So we went into aging barns with uh, Corojo leaf. We went into aging barns with Cameroon leaf. And uh, you can just smell the difference in the tobacco. Really? Yeah, and it's sitting there, and it's it's temperature controlled as much as they can. Uh, Big old huge barn, well insulated. Actually, has roofing material around the sides to help insulate and then it has these big uh, fans that blow air through a sock uh, like a not a big plastic sock or something almost it's like a keeps, wind sock yeah wind sock and it just keeps air circulating in there at a low low volume to keep that whole barn at the same kind of ambient temperature and then they actually have heaters in the floor and in all of these barns they have a dirt floor so when they feel like the leaves are getting too dry too fast they'll go in there wet the floor manually 
Really? Yeah, to create more humidity. Oh, okay. Yeah, and hearing these guys talk about it, man, uh, Don Julio and Justo themselves are so passionate about the plant itself, about the process of farming, and they're passionate about the cigar that they get to create from this plant. But they talked about listening and talking to the leaves, listening really? and talking to the plants. Yeah. Uh, you know, this broadleaf uh, crop is one of the first successful ones they've done. Don Julio talks about him like a person because he had just finished uh, harvesting the Cameroon leaf. And <clears throat> and he called it, we've tried this four different times and he doesn't want to get along. <laughs> but this time he and I made friends and he, he created a good crop, you know. And wow. it's so funny the way they talk about the plant like it's a person. Like it's his child. Yeah, it really is. And so being able to smell those differences in those aging rooms from one tobacco to the next. To and you could definitely the, see it. You could definitely smell a different. Oh, yeah. You really can. Wow. A different personality. Those flavor notes we get out of a cigar, whether it's more caramely sweetnesses, whether it's more floral, whether it's a more nutmeg baking spice or peppery type spice, those notes are there in the nose. Uh, really? When you're smelling those as they're aging, and especially when they get into the pillone stage. I guess when you're in that fresh of an environment and you can smell those different flavor profiles, that helps when it comes to someone who's blending them because they can tell what's going to be like what. Is that? Yeah. Is, yeah. And I mean, I don't know the details of it by any means. These guys have years and years in the business, but they can tell something just burning one of those leaves that's dried. Okay. This is what I'm looking for, you know. Wow. So and they they'll actually light one of the leaves on fire to see what the aroma yeah. is. Mm -hmm. They will. Wow. And and you know there are different things that affect that flavor too. Uh, whether it's the 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 climate of that year, something different in the soil, the water, so many things affect that end personality of that leaf when it's almost like cigar. the wine business. Yeah. The climate, the weather, the season. It's all, Go, all goes into the cigar. And I think uh, we even notice it, uh, like in some of the lines like Viaje that does these yearly releases of a, a similar or same blend. But sometimes you'll notice, man, this year was better than the last two. For some reason, something happened in that process that just made it a little better or, or, or maybe not as good. You never, right, right. You can never tell. So you've gone through the aging barn. So what do you, where do you go to next? Now, those leaves, so they sit in the aging barn, and they're hung off of these uh, eucalyptus tree trunks that have been dried and, and everything because they plant eucalyptus trees all around the I was going to say, because eucalyptus protected. trees don't grow in uh, Honduras, well, right? Well, they do at Don Julio's farm because he said this will be a great windbreak, and uh, he also has four koala bears out there oh, in his wow. eucalyptus forest. But it's a, a green way that he can reuse those because they grow about a, a foot a month in their prime. No and kidding. he uses those trunks, and they get about, uh, you know, four to eight inches big around. And he actually hangs those up in the barn, and that's what he hangs the, the tobacco leaves from. So you're hanging tobacco leaves on eucalyptus trees. Mm-hmm. And he has koala bears. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah, well, he just thought, you know, I bet this will grow here and it'll work as a good windbreak for my fields so it doesn't damage the leaves when it's blowing. Usually there's about the size of a country dirt road separating them because they drive around them. Oh, and, okay. And to harvest and stuff like that. Uh, yep. 
So, and on the more windy side, sometimes they actually build windbreaks with tarps and stuff like oh, that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Does it get pretty windy there? In some places, yep. So I guess they get probably like tropical storms and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's like, not like West Texas wind, but these leaves, again, as we talk, the size of the leaves, they can really move with some wind. And when they're rubbing against each other, they're damaged, and they want to minimize that as much as they can. Oh, okay. Which brings us to the next part. Uh, We were talking about they take them down out of the aging rooms. We had the privilege of watching them bring the Cameroon leaves out of the aging room, and it went immediately to the sorting room. So in the sorting room, they got multiple, multiple people, dozens of of people sorting these leaves. Now, again, they're tracked by what field, whether it was the bottom to the first priming, second priming, third priming, up through the seventh priming. So there's seven different primings in the plant. It can be, depending, yeah, up to seven different primings to the corona now they're sorting these leaves again within their primings and their field but by size and quality and whether it's binder filler or wrapper quality oh okay so it's it's an intensive process they're actually looking at these leaves by hand seeing the size and the quality of them and separating them into piles and then those are bound together still tracked you and know, they're going, I mean, they're going through tens of thousands of leaves. They really, really are. That's crazy. Uh, one of the things I really liked is they keep their sorting room. They have kind of like we have here in our humidor, humidification units. So they keep that sorting room really humid, which cuts down on the damage to the leaf. As they're handling them, uh, it feels like silk. Oh, really? Yeah. So it doesn't dry out Yeah, at all. and the drier that leaf is, shoot, I can't pick up a leaf without breaking it. I right. can't imagine the delicacy they use uh, to handle these leaves as they're sort- sorting them. That's awesome. So now that's that's the room where they sort. Where does it go to next? It goes to the magic place. It the goes magic to the pilones. All right. That's where the magic happens. And what's the pilone? The pilone, they take and they pile these leaves in about four by four by about three stacks so, so they're, they're bundled, four by four in width just width and but about then three height feet three feet tall yeah wow. and they wrap it in burlap well, what does that do well that's you know some to, uh, tobacco people call it a fermenting process the Aroa family really doesn't jerry tobacco they call it the aging process still okay uh but uh that leaf is going through a transformation at that point um Oh, I actually missed one point. Uh, they take them to the uh, the hot rooms where they're aging the ammonia out of the leaf. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I've heard about that. Yeah. And because if you, d- if you don't do that long enough, mm-hmm. then you get that ammonia mm-hmm. smell when you retrohale yeah, on some cigars. Yeah, a lot of people cigars. don't realize the, the, the sheer volume of work it takes to get that tobacco to a point where we can enjoy it in a great cigar. Well, just what you're talking about. I mean, you're talking about planting the seeds planting the seedlings, harvesting the crop, plowing the fields, taking it to the sorting room, the hanging room, the ammonia off room. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's hundreds of people. Yeah, already. I mean, they say every cigar you've touched has gone through at least 200 hands. It may be more than that or maybe multiple times with some of the same people just to get that leaf to ready to roll. So, you know, once it's gone through the process where they, they get the ammonia out of it, they have to keep the temperature high enough so that ammonia doesn't settle back down. It goes out. Um, then it's in the pilone. And, man, so those leaves are aging some more, and they're stacked up, and they actually can create enough heat to where that pilone will catch fire. 
So really? they have to restack these pylones periodically, and I'm not sure the time it stays in the pylone stage, but it's just magical, the smell from that leaf. And is it warm in there? Oh, yeah, it's warm. Uh, you know, they, they try not to keep it too warm, but it's ambient basic temperature, um, but still kind of temperature-controlled. Uh, they're very... Um, conscientious about contamination we had to dip our feet in these things as we walked in we sprayed our hands and things really like that. oh yeah their people are very uh they're very conscientious about not contaminating any of the product um from seedling to finish even still um so in the pallone it can literally spontaneously catch fire and burn so they have to restack it periodically which was a neat process to see and smell because as they're I bet moving you just these really fresh melon in oh it? yeah it's amazing and one of the neat things that we got to have at this stage they took this Cameroon that was in the Pallone stage and they pulled out a wrapper quality leaf and I was smoking a Connecticut Aladino cigar which is actually fixing to be released uh, next month we'll okay. have them available it's a wonderful Connecticut from JRE but I was smoking one and one of their guys Luis took one of those leaves and wrapped it around my Connecticut cigar so that I could taste the major flavor change from really? Connecticut to that Cameroon. That Pallone stage is where it goes to another stage. Then it goes to where they take the big stem off. It's all separated, and they put it into uh, basically bales. Okay. So they got these guys that work in there, and they've got two machines that actually press the leaf down into a, a, uh, a form. Like a square bale? Yeah, it's a, it's a rectangular uh, kind of a bale maker okay. and it presses it down and then they pull the wooden rectangles and they've already got the cloth that they wrap these bales in laid down and they actually hand sew this cloth around this bale and they weigh each bale and subtract the 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 weight of the cloth wrapper so they and then they mark on that bale how much it weighs what field it came from what date it came from what priming it was so they know they know like the density of that tobacco based on the weight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So after the freezer, where where do the cigars go next? So that's when they go into these rooms I told you about where they're sitting there and they're letting that cigar kind of settle and marry and get ready to be placed in the boxes. And I don't know what time they, they decide when they're ready to do that. Don Julio, uh, the patriarch of the Aroa family, you know, he's such an incredible man. He came over from Cuba a little over 60 years ago as a young man came to the united states actually ended up serving in the military wow became a pilot uh then he went to work for the oliva family that grows tobacco not the oliva cigar family the oliva growing family and became a mil usos which means he could basically do anything on the farm and uh after that is when he bought land in honduras and uh actually a lot of people don't realize that don julio eroa uh, founded along with three other men the Camacho Cigar Company. Oh, and really? Later sold to Davidoff in around 2014. Okay. And he thought he was going to retire at that time, but him and his oldest son Husto were talking about it and said, "You know what? We just haven't done what we need to do yet." And uh, one of the things I love about this family is not just Don Julio's passion for the whole process, the uh, the leaf, the cigar, the plant, everything, but I really love uh, Justo's passion to carry to really create his father's legacy, because Don Julio has been involved in cigars from every aspect. And about how old is he? He's 82 years old. Wow! This is a man that instantly became my hero because I've always 
kind of thought him heroic, just what he accomplished coming out of Cuba, building uh, this great basic cigar uh, heritage. But when I met him, he's in a wheelchair. Forty years ago, he had a plane crash and in Honduras and ended up being partially par- paraplegic. Uh, his That's two, right? Uh, for the rest of his life. Okay. And taught himself how to walk with two canes. Now, I can't imagine walking around the cotton fields of West Texas using two canes. No but this man did it in the outbacks of Honduras in tobacco fields. Wow. And has done it for the last 40 years. Uh, but now he's got some of those three-wheel rascals. He's got some all-terrain tires on him. He drives around his farm on one of those. Oh, nice. And he's got one with smooth tires for the factory floors. And this at 82. So he's at 82 more, and... Uh, paralyzed Mm -hmm. he still hands on hands on every day he smokes probably five six cigars before uh, one or two o'clock in the afternoon now again like we talked about he's testing cigars constantly and uh, he was so interesting to talk to because now he smokes only maybe an inch to two inches of each of those cigars because he's just testing he can tell the distinctions between uh from month to month or week to week on how that tobacco has changed or married and come together. And one of the things he said, he said, so many people write reviews about cigars and talk about all these flavors. I don't get any of that. Those people know too much. All I know is either I like it or I don't like it. And see, if, that's me. Yeah, and he says, if I don't like it, you'll never see it. And I respect that so oh, much. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So you're wounding down the tour? Yeah. Uh, so how many days were you there? There, uh, four days, actually three active, you know. Right. Yeah. And uh, so what was the activities like at night? You know, in uh, late afternoon, we just kind of, they kind of called it quits. And we did what we were there for, to enjoy the cigar culture together. They had an open cigar bar for all of JRE's uh, cigars available to us to enjoy together oh, and talk about. That's heaven to me. Yeah, that's just and, heaven. Uh, also, they had an open bar and this beautiful uh, patio, covered patio next to a swimming pool. I don't think any of us swam while we were there. We were having too much fun drinking some good, <laughs> pairing some good bourbons and, and whiskeys with some great cigars. Man, that sounds like just heaven to me. I want to go. Now, one of my other favorite things that we did, we actually went uh, and took a horseback ride around the fields. Oh, wow. While smoking a cigar. As a West Texas boy wearing cowboy boots, I just couldn't think of anything more fun. Now, where were some of the other guests from? Uh, We had people from New York. Uh, most of the guests on this tour were from Texas. Had some guys from uh, Industry Cigars and Blue Smoke up in the Metroplex area. Okay. And uh, and then had a guy from uh, Kentucky. Okay. And some from New York. So you so made yeah. a bunch of new friends I while made you were a out there. Bunch of great new friends. That's yeah. what I love about this culture, man. Yeah, you make friends wherever you are because you have that in common. You really you know, do. It's, it's that that bond that binds us all together yeah and it doesn't matter what you do i mean i was there with guys in the cigar industry but here in our shop you know i've got people from all walks of life from law enforcement to ministry to uh, medical to mechanics and it's amazing the conversations we get to hear and hear oh it's crazy isn't it yeah i mean it's like you just go in you never know what the conversation is going to be about and when it's all done and said, you've learned something and you've made great friends. I learn more every day just listening to my customers have conversations about stuff I'll never see. Well, and I also want to share this, and I don't know if you knew this, but uh, 
the, actually my love for cigars started right here in your shop at Good Karma in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, I had been dabbling with cigars for several months and, you know, it wasn't a big deal to me though. It was just, you know, something that you do as a hobby or really just whenever I'd get together with a good friend. But, you know, the cigar really never did anything special for me, you know, and I came by Good Karma and one of the tobacconists that work here actually took time with me to help me find a cigar that was suited for me. And I don't remember which one it was uh, specifically, but it was a Kristoff. Yeah. And man, I remember uh, probably halfway into it, I was just like overcome because I'd smoking several cigars, but that one spoke to me. You know what I yeah. mean? And from that point forward, I was hooked. And it's like, it's been a great ride ever since. Well, you know, my job is to sell cigars, but I want to sell the experience more than anything. And if and and I really work hard to listen to people when they come in here, because uh, they have flavor things that they want to see. They have uh, sizes. I mean, everything about the cigar lends itself to the experience. And really, the biggest part about it, I actually say something all the time, a good cigar meets you where you are, and most times over a good conversation, it'll help you along the road you want to walk. Oh, yeah. And uh, so that's my job, really, more than just selling cigars, is helping people meet the cigar they like. Because the first time you taste a great cigar, it's like a first kiss. Yes, it is. You know. You never forget it. You never forget it. And you, and you always go back to it and remember that. And sometimes it's not even the cigar. It may be what you're doing at the time you share, share that cigar with the right person. Oh, yeah. Just a great conversation where you happen to be. The best cigars are experiences. Certainly. I mean, I, I tell everyone, and people have heard this before, but my favorite cigar uh, that I've ever had, I have no idea what it was, mm -hmm. but I was sitting on the front porch with my dad before he passed, <laughs> and I'll just never forget that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. That, that's a special moment for me. Hey, man, well, we appreciate you coming on the show and telling us about your trip. I can't wait to do that myself. Yeah. And as always, man, we appreciate everything that you're doing on Instagram. You're always showing cool stuff and talking with us. So we appreciate your involvement in the community as well. Well, I tell you what, I appreciate your podcast. I learned a lot about cigars and the people who love them. So well, I appreciate that. That's what we're here for, man. So we appreciate it. Thank you again. You bet. Hey, we just want to say thanks for Brad telling us about his story going to Honduras. And uh, I definitely learned a lot. I hope you did as well. I hope someday that I can head down to uh, Nicaragua or Honduras or the Dominican Republic to take a uh, factory tour as well. Uh, let's talk to uh, Brian and find out what we're going to be doing next weekend. Next week, we have the Warfighters here. Scott and John came up from San Antonio and visited us here in Abilene. They hung out with us at the Leaf and gave us a great interview. These are two Army vets that... Uh, got a great company called warfighter yeah and the, you know i really like their cigars and i really like what they're doing they had a great story uh they served together in the military and then later on after they got out they decided to start their own cigar company but uh, they support uh cigars for warriors uh, you can yes. check out our website and there's a link to that as well uh, love giving cigars to our servicemen and women and then uh 
Also, if you guys haven't been to our webpage or our Instagram, uh, you can go to our Instagram page. That's where we post a lot of pictures of what's been going on, what we're smoking. Uh, definitely do some videos of some different cigar shops that we've been to. You can find our Instagram page at cigar underscore talk underscore podcast. And then if you want to swing by our webpage, you can register. We send out uh, emails about what's going on. And then also uh, you can contact us and ask questions or give us recommendations at uh, www.cigartalkpodcast.com uh, we'd love to hear from you send us some cigars that you'd like us to review uh, we love reviewing cigars and also uh, your cigar might make it to cigar of the week so definitely hang in there we appreciate it have a great week stay smoky yeah